0: Today, we are going to discuss the topic of love, and for those of you who may be wondering where's the handout, you don't have one today, and that'll be all right. I'll still be able to do what I need to do with the uh, life groups, and uh, take some notes. You can always go back uh, and re-watch the service to study deeper things that you might want to, to study about what took place today and what came out. And so we encourage you to do that. And knowing that I had some special things yet to go in the, in the midst of the sermon, I chose not to do the handout. So yeah, it's okay. It's, it's okay. All right? Everybody say, it's okay. it's okay. It's all right. Good. So today I want to discuss the topic of love, which we've been talking about it since we started the service, right? Uh, So let me ask you a question, and can you give me just a little bit more light over the congregation? Thank you, thank you. Uh, Because I want you to interact with me for a minute. Um, What are some things, I want you to think about that What are some things in life uh, that you love? And it could be anything, you know, I don't know, family, traveling, um, and you might stretch for this one, Detroit Lions, I mean. So... Anybody, just uh, how about from this section over here, and give me a couple things and, and you would say, boy, I love this or I love that person or whatever. Anybody? My wife. What? My wife. I love my wife, he says. Uh, based on the smile I see on her face, Caleb, I think you just earned points. <laughs> but Diane taught me a long time ago, the points only last for one day. <laughs> only one day. How about from this section? Something you love. Oh, I just want to say that you just earned points and they last all week. That's right. (laughs) Anybody else from this section? What do you love? Pizza. Oh, I thought you pizza. I'm sorry. No matter what you say, I hear pizza because apparently I love pizza. Right on anybody else in these two sections. Give me one thing you love. What do you love? Uh, huh? Morning coffee. You are my favorite person here today. Morning coffee. How about from this section? Give me something y'all love. Huh? Nature. Amen. Amen. I haven't even got to that section. Y'all be quiet. <laughs> How about anybody else? What do you love? Chocolate, my second favorite person in the house. Yeah. Huh? Hot shower. Well, they sure beat cold showers, that's for sure. All right, how about over here? What do you love? Huh? Parties? Girlfriend, I thought you got saved and your partying days were over. <laughs> I'm just teasing with you. I'm just teasing. Yes, sir. Working trucks. I love working trucks as compared to a truck on blocks in the backyard. Right, right on, right on. Yeah, in the back. Paid vacation. Paid um, vacation. Yeah, yeah. Are you on vacation right now? Oh, no. You see how it went from paid vacation? Oh, no, no, no. Anybody else from these two seconds? What do you love there? Oh. Yes, sir. What? Triplets. Oh, the triplets. Beautiful. Nice. You just earned points. I'm going to bet you just earned points. But I'm also betting you're still taking care of some poopy diapers. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. So, yeah, I mean, we can say, we, we, my point is, we, sometimes we kind of use that word loosely. Uh, you know, I love, I love. Uh, and it goes to show you that there's a pretty broad and, quite frankly, vague concept of love in the society that we are in today. I, I read an illustration back in 2020. The San Francisco 49ers were uh, playing uh, against the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl and a fan posted online before the game the following. Attention 49ers fans. I have two tickets for the Super Bowl. They are box seats plus airfares and hotel accommodations. I didn't realize that when I purchased them, it'd be the same day as my wedding. <laughs> if anyone wants to take my place for free, it's going to be at St. Jude's and her name is Karen. So." <laughs> Uh, he goes into Ed's ads, she is a nice girl. But anyway, our, our ideas and our viewpoints of love are sometimes um, mixed up, mixed up. And the love of God is much different than our love. Our love is often fickled, and our love is almost always conditional compared to his. It is not. So God's love is different because... He is love. That's what scripture teaches us, that God is love. So no matter how you turn it, how you spin it, God's love is always different. And he's not only love, but he is love completely. He is the full Monty of what love is. And therefore, the concept of love is something, quite frankly, that can't really exist in proper balance, and proper form, without him. Now, see... My sister back here and I, we don't need God to love chocolate. But sometimes she may need God to love Brian. Huh? Or vice versa. So there, I guess what I'm trying to illustrate is that there, there's a, a different idea of what love may be. Because it's quite a complex word. The other day, Diane and I were talking, and I think we were talking about something about love languages or whatever, and, and uh, I think, uh, you know, she asked me if I knew what her love language was, and, she, you know, of course, it was acts of service, and I said, well, what about mine? Do you know what my love language is? And she went, uh, after a moment of thought, she goes, well, you're very complicated. <laughs> and I thought, wait a minute, why didn't you say the positive side of that word? You're really complex. So we are we are all over the map when it comes to love, right? You love the Detroit Lions. I love the Detroit Lions as long as they're winning. Right? Right? So y'all know what? It is. So love is uh, you know, it's it's either a very concrete thing or it's a very abstract thing. There really is no in between on what love is. For example, I love Diane is not abstract. It's concrete. And it's concrete because a human element is involved. I have to have a concrete, agape, God kind of love to love another human being as the Lord loved me. Are you hearing me? I don't need that to love chocolate and coffee. I just love chocolate and coffee. And by the way, I love some chocolates better than some chocolates. And certain coffees better than other coffees. So my love isn't concrete. And it's like, no matter what the coffee is, I love it. Right? right? And so, you know, love is, with, when the human element is involved, we need to have a concrete love, not an abstract love. It's concrete and it's pinpointed for me because there's only one Diane. She is my one and only. There is no other. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. There is no other. There may be other people in the room named Diane. As far as I'm concerned, you don't exist because only one Diane exists on planet Earth. The one and only you right here on planet Earth. That's concrete. And I love her even when she is, and very rarely, may I add. Oh, I already got my very rarely, uh, may I add, before you said, uh, maybe sometimes she's not quite lovable. I'm sorry, that was me that I was looking at in the mirror. But I think any spouse could say that about each other. There are certain times that you're not necessarily always as hyper-lovable. But that's when you choose to love beyond the surface. Are you with me? Some of us, we're we're conditional based on what's happening on the surface. And I'm so thankful that God loves me. And I'm so thankful that the Holy Spirit in a woman suit Miss Diane loves me and helps me because I can often be unlovable. What? You know it's true. <laughs> Anytime a man says to his wife, What about my love language? and her response is, Well, you are kind like of complicated. Oh, I have all of them. All right, very good. <laughs> So, you know, uh, so my love for Diane is very concrete. It's a human element that is involved. And I can't love her like I'm supposed to love her without God. Now, I love chocolate, too. I really do. In fact, way too much. Please don't buy me chocolate. Uh, because I will eat it. And, and I shouldn't. But I love, I love chocolate. And I love coffee yeah, I'll take a chocolate bar and put it in my coffee. You know, so, and I love all kinds of coffee and I love to experiment with coffee and the whole process is like, wow, this is so cool. And y'all are thinking, get a life, Pastor. <laughs> but you know what? I can try one coffee and go, you ain't never coming into my house again because you are bitter. Right? Now, would we talk to coffee that way? No, because it's not, doesn't have the human element. So I can be picky, I can be conditional about the chocolate. Right. I love some chocolates more than other chocolates. Right. right? So coffee, chocolate, fishing, guitars. Although there is a fine line there because I used to have the sticker on the side of one of my guitar cases that says, many guitars, one wife. Yeah, and I love all my guitars, so I, I dig that. But, you know, because, uh, you know, for the most part, all kinds of coffee are cool. And so far, any form of chocolate's been pretty cool. But when you... So that's in an abstract kind of view of love. Are you hearing me? Are you following me on the whole concrete versus abstract view of love? Yeah. Right, right on. So when you view love, though, through the abstract, abstract lens, it has very little strength. It has very little... Persistence. It has very little determination. It, it's very conditional. Very conditional. Why? Because it's relative. It's objective. It's, it's relative to what's going on in that moment. And we can't love other human beings that way. Amen, Pastor. That was actually really good preaching. You go, boy. You go. <laughs> we can't love others that way. We have to love others. If we're going to love, do you think that you are completely lovable to Christ yeah. in your own eyes? Aren't there moments you go, boy, I don't even know why he loves me. Yeah. Am I the only one? Yeah. That I, I sit back and sometimes, you know, I, I love that one song. It says, uh, it, the lyric line in there says, says about God, God says, I know what I was getting into yeah. when I chose you and I still chose you. <laughs> That's unconditional love that we don't know quite how to navigate well. And so in that case, it's pretty abstract and it's very conditional. And, um, or have you ever been in the situation where you love somebody, to just crazy love somebody, but you're not sure you really like them very much? Has anybody ever been there? Yeah. Or have any of you spouses ever made the mistake of saying to your spouse, you know, I love you, but I don't like you right now. Yeah, great choice, very wise choice to not amen and go, oh, yeah, I just did that like yesterday (laughs) or on the way to church this morning or whatever that may be. So when you look at love through the concrete lens, it's very powerful. It's not weak like from the abstract, and it's very powerful because there's deep emotion that's connected. Now, I'm not talking about the deep emotion that some may have for chocolate. And I understand that sometimes chocolate and other things like that are are, um, a catalyst in emotional eating. So I know that sometimes in some cases there is emotion that's attached to that. And apparently you all probably think that fried chicken is an emotional attachment of mine. Because I mention it in just about every sermon. I love chicken. I'm just saying. (laughs) So in that case, when love is, is, is concrete, it's powerful because there's often deep emotion that is connected to it. And the concrete love is when there's a human being. That's the connection, the connection of that deep emotion. There's no, you know, chocolate's not a human being. Okay. Now I, I, I love chocolate. I, I, I try to, my problem is, is that once I start eating chocolate, I can't quit eating chocolate. Is anybody else like that? It's like that one bite is like, oh, oh I just found Jesus. You know? And so I got this one Hershey's candy bar, it's in my shop. What? <laughs> <laughs> It's in my shop, in a cabinet. It's like three years old. Came from Halloween. I mean, from a... Uh, uh, um, when is it that we do s'mores? We're camping. Anyway, so I ripped off one. I ripped off a chocolate bar from myself. You know you got a chocolate problem when you steal a bar of chocolate from yourself? And it's just in my, in my cabinet there. I don't even dare open it because it's probably yellow by now you know but sometimes they just open that cabinet and they go oh yeah still there (laughs) y'all are like oh man you got it bad (laughs) and so yeah I'm a pretty much a pendulum swinger there it's just like okay there ain't no little bit of chocolate for me and once I'm in (laughs) I'm all in baby let me tell you My wife loves chocolate, too, and I'm not trying to throw under the bus, but she she loves chocolate as well. So uh, it's kind of cool. She knew I was kind of swearing off chocolate a little bit. (laughs) No? Did you have a bag of chocolate in the Jeep? My point being was that she started hiding her bags of chocolate. Now, I don't hide my chocolate candy bar because I'm going to eat it and replace it with another one. It's a reminder. You don't want that. Diane comes down, and I see she has something. Down, down. When I say down, it's downstairs. is where our TV room's at and everything. And so she comes down, and she's she got something, you know, and she waits probably till I'm on my phone. It's... Anybody else? Is anybody else? Okay. All right. Yeah. You know you got it bad when you're sneaking it from yourself. (laughs) Right. 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 So my love for coffee and my love for chocolate is ambiguous and it's impersonal because I enjoy many variations of both. And sometimes I enjoy one more than the other at any given time. Are you with me? But my love for Diane is not ambiguous and it's not impersonal. And regardless of the multifaceted layers and variations of this wonderful woman down here, I still love her just the same all the time, except for the times I love her more. I don't ever love her less because it's concrete. It's pinpointed. It's certain. No matter what happens in life, her and I will hang on to each other and love each other till our dying breath. Right? That ain't chocolate and that ain't coffee. Or any woodworking or or whatever it else, fishing. I could say I love fishing, but what if my love for fishing was the same love that I had for Diane? Well, we all know I'd probably clean her fillet her and put her in the freezer. I don't know, you know. This is online. I really would not do that. I, I I'm <laughs> Really would not do that. Okay. <laughs> so my love for Diane is very pinpointed. It's passionately personal because she is my one and only chocolate. She's my one and only coffee. That's the metaphor that I'm using. There's, she's my one and only Diane. And in many ways, God's love is similar. It's abstract in that he loves everyone equally i mean how do you do that it's also very concrete because his love is so personal that he loves me like i'm the only me on planet earth that he has to deal with but you know what he loves you the same way in that very you know concrete way as though you were his one and only What a beautiful thing that God is so amazing that he's able to love everyone, and that's the abstract sense, but he's able to love you like there is no one else. Wow. (laughs) In our human capacity, in our humanness, we don't have the capacity to love like that. Because even in our love for another human being does have its moments where it is conditional, right? So none of you have ever been Upset at your spouse? Oh, that was the perfect time to remain very quiet in the house of God. Right, sure we have those because it's the human elements there. And so in our Americanized Anglo-European way of thinking, love is an abstract concept that we're real good at talking about. I love this. I love the playoffs. I love chocolate. I love work, woodworking. I love Diane. And somehow all that gets mixed in to the same love boat as though they're all the same. And they're not in any way, shape, or manner. Often our walk doesn't match our talk very well. We're really good at talking about love, but we're not super good at doing love. We like to think that we are, but really we aren't. Our actions and our words often don't jive together to equal the same thing. And in its truest form, in its most concrete sense, Love is an action between two human beings. There's no agape, unconditional love between me and a candy bar. But between me and another human being, and specifically this beautiful human being sitting down here, there is the truest form of love. And even in the truest form of love between two people... Actions still speak louder than words. Right? Love always involves others and it always involves actions. Let me say it again. Love always involves others and it always involves actions. I need to say it again. Love always involves others and it always involves actions. There's no... The... there. Okay, I was going to say there's no such thing as an actionless love. And I guess that's true. But with a candy bar, the only action is ripping the paper off it. Right? Now, love as a noun in its abstract sense is easier because it doesn't require much. I mean, if I I, I chew into a candy bar or drink into a cup of coffee and I don't like it, I go throw it away and start over again. We don't do that with human beings. It's a humongous difference. So love always involves others, it always involves actions. And as a noun, it's 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 pretty easy because as a noun, the word love doesn't require much. One can say they love, but never put out any actions uh, to back it up. None. But love is a verb, is a much more powerful word. Because love is a verb always requires so much more Uh, this church i've bragged on you guys so many times because every time we take up a like a special offering for a guest minister or we're trying to help in this particular benevolent endeavor or whatever it may be uh, whether it's the love box or however we may do that you every time i hear from the counting ministry what that offering was i'm like what right just about every time you come, Lynette, she's our financial secretary. She says, here's what it was. Just about every time, I'm like, oh my gosh, really? I mean, it's pre- you guys know how to love, put, put your love into action. And it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful, I'm so proud to be your pastor. Thank you. Amen. So, but this kind of love I'm talking about requires that I do something instead of just saying something. It requires some action. So I can tell Diane I love her till the lips fall off my face. But if there are no actions to back up my words, it's just wasted breath on empty rhetoric that means nothing. Because there's no actions to back up my words. Are you hearing me? So you know the phrase, actions speak louder than words. So love acts. Love has action. Love is an active thing in our lives. It's not like a candy bar. It's not like a cup of coffee. It's not like the Detroit Lions. It requires commitment and it it should be to the best of our human ability, unconditional. Now seldom, if ever, is Diane unlovable? And I will add this, not because I'm afraid of her. <laughs> when she's unlovable, it's not her. It's me. Are you hearing me, men? One, two, three. That's, that's good. So actions speak a lot of words. If you have your Bibles with me, turn please to James chapter two. James chapter two. Love acts. Love does something. James chapter 2, I'm going to start reading with verse 14. If you get there, say, I love, the I love the word. Now, I know that the heading here is faith without works, but faith and love in this context are so closely connected that we can use some ministerial liberties here to talk about them in the, in the eye of love, Okay what does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have work? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Now based on specifically this passage of scripture, I can, I can jump in on the context of love because that's about loving someone else. And in this case, the person that's probably unlovable. Huh? Because they're, they're destitute. Often we, in our great Christianity, tend to make a wide circle around those that are destitute, those that are homeless, those that are not matched up to our standard. Huh? They don't smell like we do. They don't look like we do. So we make a wide berth around them. That's not, that's not God's kind of love, is it? That's a very conditional... Love So says, if a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food and one of you says to them, "Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them any, don't, do not give them the things which are needed for the body. What does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, "You have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I'll show you my faith by my works." Remember, I'm interchanging the word faith and love here. Show me your love without works. And I'll probably show you a love that's fruitless and useless. Show me a love by your works. You believe, in verse 19, I believe I'm at 19. You believe that there is one God. You do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, oh foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Do you want to know that? love without action is empty and useless it's like a candy bar me and my brother uh, Caleb we had a a conversation this morning about uh, pour over coffee And we, boy, I don't know if anybody's standing around us, boy, pastors are getting awful passionate about the chemical process of how to put together pour over coffee. Why can't we be that enthused and excited about loving the unlovable, loving those that are not how how you might look at, that you wouldn't define that they're in the same class as you. Yikes, we don't wanna be there, do we? Where did I leave off? 21, was, so I'm going to go back and read verse 20 and then move forward. I'm going to finish at verse 22, I believe it is, yeah. Uh, but do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Now, let me, now here's how I can interchange love into this. Why did Abraham take his son Isaac to the mountaintop? What was being proved? Not just his faith. But his love for God. His love for the commandments of God. Do you see, verse 22, that faith was working together with his works and by works faith was made perfect? Do you see, beloved, as I'm going through this today, the connection that would say that love without works is dead? Amen? Amen? Actions speak louder than words. So, no matter who you are, what status you may have in life, God always gives us all an equal opportunity to walk the walk of love. And to not just talk the talk. Talk is cheap. The walk will cost you. It always does. Today, we get the opportunity to put our Actions behind our words you've already started to do that as you are bringing funds up here that's going to go to a benevolent work locally uh, and well overall there's three different things that we're going to do but it's going to go to a benevolent work locally uh, no matter what we have one it's a we're doing our best to help someone uh, get some stuff fixed and trying to get the opportunity to have the cash to do so we want to we want to do what we can to um, the, for the pregnancy center and send them some... Now, we send them money every month. We put money in the benevolence fund and take money out of the benevolence fund sometimes every week. And then we always have these extra opportunities to reach out to our community and put action in our love. More than likely, most of you have heard of an organization called Love, Inc. Have, have you all heard of that organization before? And I expect that although many of you have heard about it, it could be that very few of you know a lot about Love, Inc. You're just, quite frankly, I think this maybe this is my skepticism, so forgive me of that. I think by and large that a lot of people in the church community are just happy that someone else is doing it. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> we want to help you get the big picture of what God's kind of love looks like and how God's kind of love is being um, displayed and explored and expanded and given through an organization called Love, Inc. Following is the vision statement for Love, Inc., and I just pulled this right off their website, and here it is, to see Christian churches united in purpose and fully engaged in activity living out their faith by lovingly serving people in need in their communities. Now, we sow regularly into Hope House here, which is the only homeless shelter in all of County. Uh, we sew regularly to the, um, is, is not called, Office of Human Services, thank you very much, uh, to, for people to, that have little to be able to come and get much for little. Um, and we're getting ready to expand our ability to sew into others. So again, to see, I want you to notice that their, their vision isn't to, um, for Love Inc. to do, But for Love Inc. to see, motivate, encourage, I'm adding to their vision right now, Christian churches to unite in purpose and become fully engaged in the activity of living out their faith by lovingly serving other people in need. It's really a sad statement about us sometimes, isn't it? That we're pretty glad someone else is doing it, which is kind of out of sight and out of mind. And oftentimes um, it was all stuff that the church was supposed to be doing anyway to begin with. Uh, When Franklin Delano Roosevelt put together the welfare system in America, the New Deal, I think it was called. uh, It really took it out of the hands of the church. And a lot of people that were involved in the church were happy to hand it off to somebody else. And I... I wanna to say to you today that I'm so impressed with this church because I really don't believe that at our core, maybe we've been programmed a little bit by society, culture, but at our core, we're not a people that just sits idly by and watches others flush down the drain. We wanna do and we wanna rise up and do everything we can to have love that acts, to have love in action. Their uh, mission statement is mobilizing local churches to transform lives and communities in the name of Christ. Are you hearing me? So their job and their modus operandi isn't to replace what the church ought to be doing. It isn't to just, it is a para church ministry, but not in the sense of we'll do what you don't. and. Quite frankly, it's a very sad statement of the church overall that we've been happy to come into church, have our time together, enjoy our time together, uh, go eat chicken (laughs) after service, and hope everybody else has something. And So we're happy sometimes that this agency or that agency will do it for us so we don't have to. That way we can just kind of enjoy our little personal party. And you all know that's not who I am. I've, I want our church to be a church that reaches out into the community and helps. I don't ever want any of us to get comfortable uh, that like we're a coffee club. In fact, much to my chagrin, and deep regret and sadness. Our cappuccino machine is broken. Yeah. <laughs> Should put that on the benevolent list. But then who would that be about? Self. True love, true benevolence is always about someone else. And... Biblical love, God kind of love, is always about someone else that don't rise to your expectations. Preaching pretty good in this here church today. So today, we are blessed and honored to have a leader and representative of Love, Inc. as a part of our local church community. She is here today to share her heart about Love, Inc., and to give us a real-life opportunity. Everybody say it, real-life opportunity. Say it. Real-life opportunity. To be the hands and feet of Jesus loving other people. Can we give a warm welcome to the Executive Director of Love, Inc. in Gresham County, Sue Stack.
1: i got to take you with me wherever I go. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for allowing me to be here with you. I love a church that honors human life. And I am so thankful that I got to be here today for Sanctity of Human Life Sunday. And I just want to say, when the woman, all the people were crowding around Jesus, and the woman touched the hem of Jesus' garment, the blood flowed the other way in her situation. Jesus took her shame her pain, her, her, how she was um, shunned by everyone because of, of what was happening in her. And that blood flowed the other way. So I just want to say if there's anyone here that is um, working through abortion, past abortions, or effects of abortions from someone you know, please come and see me. my husband Matthew Stack we'd love to talk with you about that and and to show you that your shame is Jesus took that and you no longer carry that shame that was not in my notes but um, I really love this church and last week I didn't get to be here and so I listened to Diane online thank you and at the end she said now Whoever feels called to be an evangelist, come on up, and I'm, I'll anoint you. I want to pray for you. And I thought, I'm so glad I'm not there. <laughs> I'm so glad I'm just watching, listening on the tape. And um, I said, God, I, you know, I'm not a Billy Graham. I don't even like getting up in front of people. I don't. That's, that's not in my wheelhouse. And I said, thank you, God. And, and I went on with my day. And, and the next day, I got to be at an event at Alma College, where um, they invited nonprofits to come. And my table was next to Hope House, and uh, a table for um, alternative spring break, and a table for gender identification. And at that moment, I became an evangelist, (laughs) whether I liked it or not, amen. And I got to talk about Jesus, and I got to talk about how Jesus makes a difference in people's lives, and that transforms people. And afterwards, I sat there and I thought, I, I am an evangelist. <laughs> Amen. And you are, too. <laughs> so if you have Jesus in your heart, you cannot escape. You're, you're evangelizing for something. I, you're evangelizing for transgender, or self, or whatever it is that you represent, you're, you're evangelizing. So my challenge to you is who are you evangelizing to and for? And with that in mind, I'd like to show a video that was um, well, from our founder. Uh, this Love Inc. started in uh, Holland, Michigan. And So if we could show that video real quick, I'd appreciate it
2: The question I get most often from people is how did love Inc start? Um, it's a story. I love to tell because I, I just felt so moved by the Holy Spirit throughout this whole process I, I just sensed that, that I was working in his will um, It it started really with with the passion for the church just this desire, this deep-seated desire to, to make the church active uh, and dynamic within communities, touching lives in Christ's name. So I started by talking to, to different groups of people to, to, to get their impression of what this Love Inc. model should look like. I went to pastors and I said, what do you think? You know, if, if my goal is to engage your church more directly in ministry, what must that look like? And they said, Give us a model that engages us and our members directly with people in need and show us how to do that. I talked to church members and they said to me, you know, we want to share Christ's love with people in need, but we don't know how. That became the Love, Inc. model where we converted an agency, a very conventional faith-based helping organization into something we called a clearinghouse. The clearinghouse would be a connector or a bridge between individuals in need and local church congregation who had pledged to work with us in in responding to those needs. The motto that we used back then was very simply, Love Inc. will not help anyone. Not a particularly good fundraising model, but I wanted people to have this dramatic reminder that we were not there to replace the church. We were there to, to empower and enable the church to be Christ in the community. That was the role of the Love Loving Clearinghouse. What we were doing essentially was reconfiguring the helping services map to include church resources. I mean, think about that. Think of the vast resources within the local body of Christ. You know, the gifts, the talents, the resources, the living skills, um, the love. All of that is there. Most of it, obviously, is untapped. But if we could add that to the helping services map within a community, many, many more people could be reached, and more importantly, they could be reached in ways that could change their lives and even bring them to greater levels of, of independence. The way we'll do that is through the power of relationships. Um, I, I am so convinced, and I, and I tell people this so often, I'm sure they're tired of hearing it, but the church has a unique value added. The church shares love through relationships. No one else does that. Lots of organizations give stuff, Um, but, but very few organizations are bringing, trained, loving, caring Christian people alongside individuals whose most basic need is for someone to love them and ultimately to share Christ with them.
1: Question. thank you poverty is complex it's not a lack of material possessions but the result of broken relationships after Adam and Eve disobeyed God their relationship with him was broken poverty entered the world through broken relationships with God creation self and others And so that means that we are all poor and broken. God intends for these relationships to be healed and redeemed through his son, Jesus Christ. As Christ followers, we know that the kingdom's solution to poverty is redemption. So our help needs to promote opportunities that can lead to transformation. This kind of help is called redemptive compassion. When someone calls Love Inc., we take the time to listen and find out what's happening at the root of their issue. After going through our intake process, we verify their need. We mobilize the local church body to come alongside our neighbor. Each church, each partner church then can lean into its strengths to offer compassion and relationships to those in need. What begins as meeting a physical need becomes a bridge to connect the church as the hands and feet of Jesus to the, with the person in need. During the month of February, we are challenging our partner churches to participate in our 28 days of love. We have a calendar with scripture, prayer prompts and volunteer opportunities. Each day, read the scripture about love, pray for area churches and pastors And Find ways to serve and invest in love Inc. by collecting change in little heart banks that we have for you That you can then bring back to the church at the end of February so what does love Inc. look like in the lives of the people we serve a Woman called in need of a handicap ramp for her husband who was coming home from the hospital in a wheelchair she only had three days to prepare After calling area agencies who could not help in that short amount of time, she called Love, Inc. In a combined effort with two churches, the Men of Iron, and that Elma College wrestling team, the ramp was built in time. It was an amazing sight as I drove to check on the the progress up her tiny street to see that it was lined with cars and trucks on both sides, and I couldn't get through. Neighbors were out watching and asking questions. What was going on in this neighborhood? There were men showing boys how to build a ramp and how to love their neighbor. That is redemptive compassion. And that's what you all know how to do, obviously. And, and that's why this church is so full of love. I would, I have oppor- volunteer opportunities. I, I would love to talk with you about at my table back here, and that we have banks and the calendars that you're welcome to take home, and um, pray for our churches and our pastors. Thank you for partnering with Love Inc.
0: Amen. 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 So it's a pretty cool deal when we have an opportunity to put action to our words. And uh, again, what she intimated to you all, uh, she's already recognized about this church as a very loving church. That's where your generosity comes from. It doesn't come from an emotional, eloquent eloquent appeal to give. Uh, It's... It's, it's called grace giving. It's called love giving. It's the greatest thing I've seen in so many years and what you guys do uh, here at this church. Now, one thing I didn't say with the praise team was maybe having a little something, something. You, can you give me a little something, something right now? We're gonna bring our service to end, whether you have the whole praise team or whether it's something you just do by yourself, Steve. And, all right. There you go. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> Oh, praise God. So life will regularly, if, we have our, if we'll open our eyes, life regularly presents us with opportunities to show God's love to people. And, and, and you know what? I don't want you to spend time showing your love to people or the love of Resurrection Life Church to people. That's a byproduct. But to go show God's love to people that's not always easy to do, but we're always given opportunities to go show God's love. And I guess the looming questions are, will you recognize that love opportunity when it comes? And the second one is, and what will you do about it? Oh, sweet, there's a love opportunity. So-and-so will take care of it. Or, oh, sweet, there's a love opportunity. Let me get involved and become the hands and feet of Jesus. Uh, Thomas Akimpas, I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly. I'm not sure. He was a monastic priest and author of the book, The Imitation of Christ. And he said this very simple statement. Whoever loves loves much, does much. That wraps it all up right there, don't it? Whoever loves much, does much. And so uh, I want us to be... We already are a church that loves much and does much. But I want us to grow in that area. One of the greatest things we can grow in as a church is not grow in our population and how many people are on the attendance list and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But to grow, what what did Jesus say by this? People will know that you're my disciples, that you love one another. And a lot of churches are really guilty of just doing just that, loving one another but not others. And we're going to do a better job of reaching out even further unto our community. Yes, uh, John chapter 13, verses 34 through 35, a new command, I give you, love one another as I have loved you. There's the defining statement. He says, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. Now, I don't know which one of us in this room even thinks we have the propensity to love others like Jesus loved us. That means we got something to continually reach for. But that's what Jesus said. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. If you love one another. The greatest evangelism, the greatest witness that we can do is love and loving others in a big way. And some people can serve with their hands and their feet, whether that be volunteering over at Hope House or whether it be uh, volunteering with your hands and feet. When we do things like uh, I love my city, which by the way is gonna be coming back again, praise God. Or whether it be, you know, I I don't really have the capacity to do the hands and feet thing, but I'm gonna reach in my pocket and I'm gonna do something, huh? And and we're all thankful, I say we all, because that's all of us that are in ministry, whether it's Hope House, whether it's Love, Inc., whatever it may be. We're all happy when people say, I'll be praying. But honest to goodness, honest to goodness, in a lot of times, that's just a cheap, empty statement. That gets you off the hook. We want you to pray, right? We want you to be praying, and there's probably nothing more valuable than prayers, I used to golf at a golf course up in Mount Pleasant called the Pines and uh, that was a golf course that would let ministers come in every Monday and play for, for free before noon. And I met with the owner one day and I just wanted to thank him for letting ministers to come play for free before noon. And he said to me, he said, Preacher, your prayers are more valuable to me than my green fees. I went, wow, wow. So prayers have a innate value. And I'm sure that Sue and Love Inc. and all those attached to that, and, and whether it's the Office of Human Services or Pregnancy Center or, or Hope House, all say thank you when they know they have prayer partners. We don't even know the value of that. But let's not use that as an excuse to not have to do anything. Huh? Turn with me to First John. We're going to close with this passage of scripture this morning. And the altars will be open again to uh, come if you want. The love box is here. Um, Deanna Zucker presented us with this idea about the love box. And I absolutely loved it. I think the same week that she presented the idea to me, I went out and got a box and and uh, brought it to church one day and had Dale Jennings cut a hole in the top of it. And we've called it the love box ever ever since. And we want to use it for those special moments to truly be the hands and the feet of Jesus. So 1 John, before we close, 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 12. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God. God is love in this the love of God was manifested toward us that God sent his son his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him in this is love not that we loved God but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins beloved if God so loved us we also ought to love one another verse 12 no one has seen God at any time If we love one another, God abides in us and his love has been perfected in us. But the key, my friends, beloved, is that love always does something. Now for abstract love, like love of a candy bar or golfing or football or whatever it may be, or coffee, it doesn't have to do much but it, it's often very sacrificial when it's time to reach out and love someone else. So I challenge you today. This is a pastoral challenge for us all. A number of years ago, as I was uh, developing a, a um, syllabus, a training aid for marriage, and for a marriage uh marriages that were having difficulty and, and falling apart, um, or those that were just being trained to get married before they ever had a chance for things to get crazy. And, uh, one of my lesson titles was, um, the biblical job description of a husband. And so what I chose to do was take a journey and discover what that looked like because the the, the initial points for that, what took me to Galatians, where it said, husband, love your wife just like Christ loved you. Well, I have a, a, a tendency to personalize scripture. So for me, it read, Rick, you love Diane just like I loved you. Well, that's an easy enough statement to say, but it's something altogether to go, well, 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 just how did you love me? So I took a journey to say, well, I'm gonna discover, I wanna try to discover what, what what, do I find in here that's like for me, my personal moments where I go, man, I can identify what, that's how God loved me. And then I could begin to teach other men how to love their wives. But I also other, understand that it's not comprehensive because maybe, what you have is different than what I have. But we need to know how to love other people and to do it well. And it's easy enough to say, I'm going to love other people, but why don't you take a journey? I, I, I challenge you to take a journey to discover in your own Bible time, your own prayer time, how God loves you. Why? Because he said, I want you to love others just like I loved you. You. I don't know that there's a comprehensive answer to that. I think there's a very individual answer to that. As you go on a journey in the Bible and say, Well, I'm going to discover in how it relates between me and Jesus, how he loved me. And then our challenge, our challenge, but our responsibility is to go out and love others just like that. In fact, one translation of Galatians says, Husband, love your wife exactly as Christ loved you. And then Jesus took all the commands, I don't know, 600 and some odd commands, and he boiled them down at one point, he boiled them down to two. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and mind, love your enemy as yourself. And then later on we discovered he boiled even those two down to one where he said, and I want you to love others just like I love you. That's a challenge for all of us and you won't know how to love others if you don't have some definition at least in your own personal experience with christ is that you can walk away going i can identify with this because i know what jesus did for me i know how jesus loved me and the challenge on my life is after discovering that is to now go and spread that love and yeah sometimes it's reaching in the pocket and putting something in. Sometimes it's signing up to serve somewhere. Sometimes it's this or that, whatever it may be. But love acts. Yes. Love does something. Do you have a song in mind? Why don't you give us that now? We'll see where the Holy Spirit takes us here in these next couple of minutes.
3: The more I seek you
0: He has shown for you and I is unfathomable. It is quite frankly, even though I challenge you, it is undefinable. We have an opportunity to reach out and to love others. And I want to thank you for giving into that today. But I want to take an opportunity to give you, I want to give, I want to take a moment to give you an opportunity to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you have never made that step to say I need to I need to I need to change my life, I need to make a change. Uh, I need to get on track. I want to know more about Jesus. I want to discover what it means. I want this. And I'm going to ask you stand right where you're at. Whoever you may be if you're here today, you're saying preacher. I don't know what's going to happen to my life. If I were to die today, I don't know where my eternity would be. I want to I want to know here today or you're saying, I've never, I've never accepted Jesus into my heart and I don't understand a lot of what it means to be a Christian. Well, then there's only one thing you got to do. Start. Just start. And then the journey begins and it's a beautiful thing. But I want to give you an invitation to do that today. So is there, is there anyone here that says, please pray for me? I want to start today. Anybody at all? Anybody at all? Well, I'm not. I don't beg anyone, but let me ask you this question: If you have already accepted Christ into your heart, but you've taken a left turn and you're off track to where you think you ought, where you know you ought to be, and you're like, "I need to get back. I need to get back in the groove of my Christianity and start doing what I'm supposed to do. I've messed things up, and now I need to come back and recommit my life to the Lord." Is there anybody? that would say, yeah, please pray for me because I really want to recommit my life to the Lord. And I'd like to start that today. If that's you, stand to your feet right where you're at. Bless you, sir. Is there anyone else? God bless you, sir. God bless you, ma'am. Anybody else? With these three. Is there anybody else who wants to be included on that here in just this next moment? You need to make a recommitment to Christ. And I'm not suggesting you know everything or understand everything, but it's an opportunity to get a fresh start. Anybody at all? If the three of y'all are serious about that, come forward right now and let me pray with you.
3: I want to sit at your feet, drink from the cup in your hand. Lay back against you and breathe. Feel your heart beat. This love is so deep. small more than I can stand. This love is so deep, small than I can stand, and I melt in your peace so me. Amen, amen, amen.
0: Give the Lord a praise. Can you do that?
3: Yeah. Overwhelming. Yeah.
0: I want you to go out and be Jesus this week. Amen. Be loved. Let there be actions. You're going to run across, I'm not prophesying, I'm just saying. You're going to run across somebody this week that you're like, yeah, I don't really feel like loving them. Mm-hmm. Come on. That's your opportunity. That's your moment to, uh, to go, well, I'm sure glad Jesus don't say that about me. Right? So go out, love people. Show the love of Christ. Look for opportunities. Yeah. You know, uh, pay it forward. If you're going through the coffee line, pay for the car behind you. But I don't know them. So, I don't know if they've ordered 1,600 of the most expensive coffees. Well, I guess that is a scary point. But anyway, <laughs> look for opportunities to love people. If you're at a restaurant, I'm going to challenge you with this. If you're at a restaurant and you see a veteran at the restaurant, go, go pick up his tab. Look for opportunities to show the love of Christ. And the love of Christ doesn't walk up to that veteran and go, Hey, by the way, I paid for your meal today because I'm a Christian and wanted to show you the love of Christ. It just does it. Let God get the glory. Right on. Listen, I speak blessings over you. May the peace of the Lord be with you. I pray that his peace and his joy chase you down this week. And I pray you're smart enough to not run too fast, but to let him catch you. Amen. I call you blessed. Have an awesome day. We'll see you later on.